Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I am so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Before I start today's show, I am so excited to talk about the new Exploring Aware Parenting community that I am running together with fellow Aware Parenting instructor, Danny Willow. We've created this space because we both have this really deep and profound love for Aware Parenting, and we want to support parents in the community to dive deep into all the theory of Aware Parenting and to get lots more support about how to put it all into practice. We hear so often from people in our private sessions about how much they are longing for a village of like-minded people to share this journey with, and this is exactly what we're going to be providing in this community. If you want to find out any more about this, the doors are opening officially. We start on the 1st of October, but anytime you want to, you can come in and find out more about it and join up. You go to my website, www.awareparenting.com.au forward slash community. If you have any questions, please get in touch. Now, let's get on with this week's interview. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have Chris Muller on the show with us. Welcome to the episode, Chris. Thank you, Joss. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So Chris is an aware parenting instructor, has been an aware parenting instructor since 2012. She's a psychologist, a counselor, and a coach in transactional analysis, aware parenting instructor level two, and she's the regional coordinator for the Netherlands. She read the aware parenting book when she was 20 and it became one of her favorite books. And perhaps we can talk some more about how you discovered all that. She is the founder of the Aware Parenting the Netherlands, based on the work of Aletha Salter, and runs the Aware Parenting Academy, where she trains others to become instructors and to work with Aware Parenting in their practice in schools and in institutions. So welcome to the episode, Chris. Thank you so much. So perhaps you could start by briefly telling us a little bit about how you discovered Aware Parenting. Um, yeah, well, that's also interesting because she's, uh, you mentioned like I'm an instructor since 2012 and 2012 was when I was uh, pregnant with my son and I became an instructor later. So in 2015, but I was already like feeling uh, as an instructor in a sense, because I found where parenting when I was 19 or 20. And back then I was in therapy. I was as a child, I was already adults. Yeah, how they treat the children and how they interacted with children. And I saw that they often misunderstood children. And I, I didn't really understand why, because I thought you have been a child yourself. So how come you forget how it is to deal with children, you know, and why do you do these strange things? And why don't you understand my perspective as a child? So I was really interested in that. And then I thought, so, okay, if I can see that, I can maybe remember how it is to be a child and not be like them and not forget it. 
And then when I was older, my uncle, he said like, okay, oh, you heard that. And he said, you want to work with children? Well, then you have to become a colleagist. So I thought, okay, that's that's what I want to do then later and I can do that. But then when I was a teenager, I, I started to notice how people lost that connection with their inner child. And I said like, oh, this is what happens. I, I could really feel myself losing that connection with the child in me. And I realized that what happened was that I was also depressed. So I was also feeling really down and I felt a loss of connection with myself, with what I want, with what I felt, with what I liked, basically. So I really, I realized like, I don't really know what I really, really like and what my really, my yes and my no is and yeah, my feelings. And I realized that, that it also had to do with my parents not being taught this. So that they haven't been taught this connection or how to deal with that or how to deal with the things they experienced in their lives, in their childhoods, and that they didn't get the chance to connect with their emotions. So then I thought like, okay, if I ever want to become a mom, I don't want to be like that. I want to be able to connect with myself and to connect with my feelings and help my child also be connected and not feel as depressed as I am at this moment. So I started my journey looking into it and I wanted to find a psychologist or therapist that could help me with that and I didn't want a therapist that give me medicine or that would say like you're depressed or stuff like that and I I couldn't find at that time and I thought like okay then maybe I can do something else and I started doing yoga uh, to connect with my body which really helped me a few years later, when I was 19, I heard about this therapist who was doing things really differently and not like diagnosing and, and uh, giving medicines. And so I called him up and I said, hey, do you uh, diagnose and give pills or can you really help me uh, connect to my inner child and, and connect with my feelings? And that's what needed. And I know what is wrong. I think it's intergenerational trauma. And then this therapist said like, no, no, I can help you. And turned out that he really could. So he helped me connect with my inner child. And I got into, I got connected with transactional analysis, which is another uh, modality I work with, which also is about working with your inner child and, you know, uncovering all the learned patterns, behaviors. And that's also when I, uh, he had the book of Alita Salter. So that's when I read that book and I was like, oh man, this woman gets it. This woman gets it. I, I still have it here, by the way. <laughs> you can't see it, but yeah. this is the book. It's super old. And I think it's even his book. And I gave him, I bought a new book for him later. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it became one of my favorite books, actually. And I didn't know I would work with it later on, but at the time I knew like it was so insightful for me. When I read that book, I really understood that it was way deeper. I knew it had to do with intergenerational trauma. Like my father was born in the colony. I'm I'm Indo, you know, mixed. So yeah, there's there's also some trauma there. I knew all that stuff, but when I read Alita's book, I saw that that there's really tangible things we can do to help children already from birth heal their traumas and also we can teach children to disconnect from their feelings so I suddenly understood why I as a teenager felt so disconnected from my feelings I thought like I, I didn't even think on on the baby time but but when I read that book I was like oh man we can do so much and already from such a young age that we can help children learn to connect and that I was mind blown and it stayed my one of my favorite books together with Alice Miller which book I also read at that time drama of the gifted child and I started borrowing the book to people <laughs> 
and the people were not interested in my age group, which was like 20, 21, 23. But I had another friend who also read it and we, we talked about it a lot, not knowing there was not an aware parenting institute, I think, back then. And then later I became a mom when I was 35. So I really, I, I was like, okay, we both need to read the book again and uh, also to the father and we both read it and then I tried to find other moms and connect to other people uh, on the internet which existed by then <laughs> there were no Facebook groups uh, I think it was just yeah it was just starting with the Facebook groups try to connect it was just starting after I uh, I think when I was pregnant and I connected with some other moms and they were attachment parenting moms but they didn't know about Alita Salter so uh, then I started my own group for mothers and I said like, okay, who wants to talk about our own feelings and our own emotions and, you know, what children trigger in us and how can we connect with ourselves and then also with our children? How can we help our children stay connected to themselves from very young? So that's how I started rolling into the job of aware parenting. And then I was looking online and I was managing Facebook groups and then I met other people working with aware parenting. And then I learned you could be an instructor. And I was then, like then I was in Facebook groups, admining also with uh, Patricia, uh, who was an instructor. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know by the time how, how she told me later, like, I didn't know why you know, knew so much about aware parenting already, you know, like, but that was because of the therapy and the trainings I did with my therapist also. So, and yeah, and then I decided, okay, I'm doing this so much. I'm loving it so much. I'm doing so many courses. I also did some courses with Marian, but also other courses on nonviolent communication. I was reading so much and organizing things for mothers. And they started asking me like, okay, do you want to uh, organize something or can you not write a blog? Um, and I, yeah, I said, okay, I need to make this my job because <laughs> I, I'm actually and spending so much time on it. I'm loving it. And why not? So then I decided, okay, I'm going to certify as a as instructor, we had my business around it. Uh, and then I noticed that uh, it was really hard also to, to do the work because I was quite alone in it. Uh, and then people started again asking me, can you not train me? And can you not do how to become an instructor and help me? And then I thought, okay, let's raise the academy here in Holland and help uh, create a bigger community in Holland of instructors and people who work with this. So also then I'm less alone here in the country uh, with this. Wow. It's a long story. <laughs> no, but it's such an amazing story. I mean, I love, first of all, I was so touched that you felt so misunderstood as a child and you felt that sense of disconnection from your authentic self and that that then made you start this exploration on this journey of, of learning about the, the intergenerational aspects of trauma and the, all the insights that you got then about the, from Aletha's book and how you know, we can support babies to heal and how we can apply it to ourselves. And that's just such yeah. a crucial part of aware parenting, isn't it? Like we often come to it thinking it's all about our children, but actually so much of it is about us. And it seems like you kind of came in a way the other way around that you understood so much yeah. about it for how necessary it is for parents to be healing their staff in order to yeah. then be able to support their children. So it's really interesting that you came that way around to it. Yeah, it's really, it's like, it, it was also like, how am I going to share my story with others, you know, because there's not many people who have that. But I didn't realize at the time, I thought 
at the time when I was a teen, I thought this is the most important. Why do people not know that they have to look at themselves? But I didn't realize how important that realization was until now. That was really fruitful. And that it's that is now also what is the big culprit in parenting, you know, is if you don't look at yourself, you can have all the tools in the world. You can read the books on aware parenting. You can know how important it is to help children heal from trauma or to help them process emotions. But yeah, if you don't look at that part in yourself, or if you don't have the the connection to that part or the, the lovingness to that part in yourself that is not able to do that, then it's going to be really hard. Yeah, like you said, I I really love it that in aware parenting, it's also that is really important, the part of ourselves. And it's not just, you know, what do we do to our children or what do we do with our children or, but we also take a look at that and we also have a loving place for that. Yeah. It's such a parallel journey. And I remember when I first sort of realized that, that it required me to do a lot of my work at first, I was really reluctant, even though I'd studied psychology and I'd been in therapy. And, but when I realized about this aspect about inner child healing, I thought, oh no, I don't, I don't really want to do that. I just want to heal my children. (laughs) Actually. Yeah. That's once you start down that pathway in that parallel journey, you just realize how incredibly powerful it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it might feel uh there might feel some resistance like oh I don't want to go there but yeah when you when you do it and you see the effects and you how it helps you flow also and to connect better to your child I, I think when you did those first steps then you start to realize what are the benefits of that journey and then you are willing to do more right Yeah absolutely and when you see for me as well when I saw how powerful it was for my children to get to express their feelings and to have that heard and met with loving compassion I then realized and you could see in their bodies how calm and how relaxed and how connected they were at the end of that process and I thought well hang on a minute maybe I could get some of that. (laughs) Oh yes 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 exactly I love that too Uh, even for me when because I started the journey earlier but still of course learning because I don't think there's an end to the journey but also now my son is giving indeed is giving things back to me you know like teaching us also to be more kind to ourselves or I mean I was yesterday I think it was yesterday I was having some hearts how do you call that when you have that hard skin on your feet yeah like a bunion type thing yeah so I I said some remark about it like oh I don't like that you know, now that I'm getting older, it seems to be coming faster or something. And he said, like, Mama, you're you're okay as you are. You're beautiful as you are. Don't be so harsh on yourself. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, love you, yeah. love yourself as you are. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. I know. I love it when our kid, my kids do the same to me as well. And sometimes I get, like, flustered by things and they're like, Mom, you just stay in your lane. You just keep doing your thing. Or, you know, if I have something that I have to do, which I'm nervous about, about work or something. And my kids are like, you've got this, you know what you're talking about. And I love that that we start this process with our children, offering them this compassion and this love and this kindness. And then we slowly learn to offer that to ourselves. And then because we are offering it to them and because we're modeling it, that's just their way of talking, isn't it? That's just their internal dialogue. It is so much more kind and compassionate and it's, that's just so beautiful. And then you imagine the parents that they're going to be. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I really think so. And I love also your examples and it's, yeah, you can hear that that, that that's been what you've been talking to them. That's what you've been saying to them. And then those remarks and then getting them back. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So good. And also I want to say something about it because I think also my mom and dad didn't do aware parenting because <laughs> like most people, they didn't know, but they have also put some seeds to it. So for example, I was left as a baby, like one year next to the bed, you know, like stuff like that. They did a long time breastfeeding. So it was longer than normal, you know, than was normal at the time. So those kind of things, they even listened to my tears at times. I could sit and cry. Wow. And, uh, so that I realized like how amazing that is. Yeah, I think that's really amazing. And I think that if we talk about seeds that we sow, that we can see, you know, like what that gives me kind of faith. Like, okay, that that's the seat that my parents uh, so have seen, have shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So look, I'm working with it now, and 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 all the things that we do with our children that they really add up, you know. Even if we mess up many other th- other things, that but yeah, if we have those elements in place, the the connection, the attachment, the listening to the feelings, and yeah, a bit more of that awareness. I think that's so fruitful already. Yeah. Yeah. And we can be inclined, especially if we don't have this very kind internal dialogue and we're still working at developing that, we can be inclined often to go into that, you know, judgment of ourselves that we haven't done a good job or, you know, we've had a difficult day in parenting and we can tend to go into that sort of, oh, I'm a terrible mother or I'm not being an aware parent at all or I'm not doing aware parenting right. But actually, yeah, more and more... We, we understand that. Or yeah, every- I'm not worth to be an instructor. <laughs> yes. You are an instructor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you get that other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, I actually said that to my daughter fairly recently when I had a particularly unaware moment with her when I got really angry with her and was shouting. And then afterwards, when we were rewinding, and I said to her, I wasn't a great aware parenting instructor today, was I? And she said, well, mom, just because you're a parenting expert, it doesn't mean you always have to be an expert parent. And that was another one of those examples where like, that's just so kind and so compassionate and so beautiful. And that's just the way she speaks and the way she thinks because of that's how most of the time that's how she's being treated. So it just, it is those seeds that then sow this amazing, amazing. Yeah. And, And how old is she? 16 16 yeah 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 and that's beautiful then you see how it already rooted in here and how it's so natural to think that way and it's really in uh yeah yeah her way of being yeah in fact the other day I was really I was upset about something and she just came up to me and she said are you all right mom you don't look you don't look like you're okay and I went oh I'm just feeling a bit sad and then she was like do you want to talk about it or do you want to hug or and then she's always like I know I'm not responsible for your feelings but you know if you ever want to I'm always here (laughs) exactly yes yeah my son had it too that's also a lovely example like Somebody once commented on my post, I wrote about that. I said, like, I was talking about actually this fact that we, how we treat our children, that becomes their inner voice and that they, you know, that they get used to that, that way of dealing with feelings. And that my son also said something, it's okay to cry, mama, or, you know, it's okay to be sad and you can cry a little. Oh, sweetie, you know, (laughs) like the things I said to him and like stroking my head and I I thought like that's so lovely you know without me leaning on him but then the comment there was somebody commenting like no children should not be emotionally responsible for us and I was like no no of course not it's like a different discussion it's like it's not that that they are there to take care of us but we can still care for ourselves but it's also to show that they master in a way that that language or they they know how to deal with emotions they're not scared of them they they accept them 
and they yeah. they're compassionate. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think it's just that understanding about welcoming all feelings and reaching out yeah. for support whenever whenever they need it, and so they share and they they expect us to as well. So it's not it's not taking responsibility for our feelings in any way, but it's just that understanding, yeah. isn't that so beautiful? Yeah, yeah, in a very light yeah light way. So as you've gone through this journey, your son's now nine. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've found most helpful about? practicing aware parenting in your family with him are there any specific things that come to mind oh there are more than one things (laughs) (laughs) lots of things right (laughs) i would say first and above all what i really really love about aware parenting is what i what we just spoke about you know like the place for ourselves that we also are compassionate towards ourselves and that we are aware of how our own childhood plays out in our parenting and how we get triggered because of our own childhood pain. We are mirrored back our own pain, however you want to say it. But this, I think that is really important because in many paradigms, it's uh, like we treat children. You say it's wrong and you're you're naughty or it's you're at fault or we need to unlearn that by timeouts or we need to enforce it by rewards. <laughs> but anyhow, we have this good and bad paradigm and with aware parenting I love that we can have this space for ourselves and not see it as good or bad behavior and what we already do to ourselves like feeling really bad if we fall off the aware parenting wagon and we're angry with our kids or you know like we don't have space for them to listen to their emotions we usually feel bad about but I love that in aware parenting, we can place that in in a context and we can see like, oh, that's our hurt inner child that is coming up. It's not like we are bad parents. It's not like we are bad parents, basically, (laughs) like we, we judge ourselves and we use that whip to judge ourselves. And I think that's also creating a lot of space for parents to, to open up in this context, because I think still in society, it's really hard to open up about the screen to your child, but to, to open up about that and there's a lot of shame and, and and pain around it and i love that in aware parenting that we every time again and again we learn to be compassionate towards ourselves and see that in our child and take care of her and then take care of her children mm. um, instead of judging it and saying it's bad and needs to go away and we need to do another training to you know, get it right or to be really harsh with ourselves so Seeing that, creating that space, that safety to to also see that hurt in our child, in our parenting. I, I love that. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing uh, that I found helpful. And the second, what I found helpful is how we can help children stay connected to themselves, to their feelings, to their needs, to their yes, their no, that they feel what they want. Yeah, my son, for example, he, uh, he can tell me also, he can say like, hey... <laughs> I see the results of that now. Hey, mama, I'm feeling sad. I need attention. And do you want me to swallow my sadness? <laughs> Are you offering me water now because you want me really to swallow my sadness and not feel it? <laughs> like, oh, wow. I need you now. And they're like, okay. Wow, you know, but that is, I love that. And that where parenting gives the tools for that to help them stay connected. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's more. I, I, I just love it. But uh, and, I, and I think also the, um, what I also really love play and helping to uh, help them heal trauma. 
for me, that is one of the most important things in aware parenting that you can, you can make mistakes or the can, things can happen in life, um, but you can help children heal uh, by listening to their tears or by playing with them and using certain forms of play to help them process it. For me, that has been incredibly helpful. It has been incredibly helpful with birth a bit also. After that, we had quite some, yeah, some calm years. I even thought like, do I aware parents enough? My child is not crying that much. Like in the books, you know, he was super balanced. And actually until he went to school. And then when he went to school, I think from week, one it was a bit like okay maybe he needs to get used and it was still a bit okay but week two i think the problem started i seen also what a traumatized child looks like so after <laughs> doing all this work and like thinking like okay wow you know like this is what happens with a child if you do all this inner work up front and you're so aware of your own shit and your own patterns and you're you know, you learn to be compassionate to yourselves and then to yourself. And then, yeah, and you, you see what how conscious a child can be, you know, how it's conscious it can be in the world. And, and then you bring it to school. <laughs> and then it's like, I have a kid with school trauma now, uh, diagnosed school trauma, diagnosed because the system won't diagnose. So, so I've been on that other side too. And that is, uh, that been, that's been incredibly hard, but if I did not have aware parenting and not the tools on how to heal trauma, I think things would have been uh, way worse. So I had the tools and I was, I have been so grateful so many days for the hours that I had to use them, like, like mm -hmm. hours and hours uh, of mm -hmm. healing. And I know many kids like Tiago that, uh, that, that struggle with uh, school trauma. They get a lot of tantrums, for example, or other problems with eating or concentrating, or they might hit other children or uh, parents don't know what to do because they don't know where parenting. So they need, they're dependent on therapists or school teachers or, and they also don't know what to do often. So, but I was grateful that I could help him at home with, uh, we did lots and lots of play, like uh, autonomy play, like playing that he was, he had a little sword uh, and we were fighting and, and, you know, like lots of play around autonomy, which was taken away at school. I listened for hours and hours to his tears, like knowing that it would help him and uh, his rage. And then, then at the end, like after sometimes one or two hours of crying and, and being angry, it came out like what happened at school that day and without me asking, because I was just listening. I was not yeah. poking or... I think that that really, um, I yeah, the tools to heal trauma that were the third thing, having mm -hmm. listening to tears and having a play. Yeah, I think one of the things I love about aware parenting as well is that we have this gift as parents that we are able to support our children to heal from trauma, and it really empowers us as parents to be able to do that to wow. to to not necessarily be reliant on on others. I mean, obviously, there is a time and a space where you need to go to professionals. Of course, I'm not undermining mm -hmm. the role of that, but I'm just saying that even yeah. in a case where you have to take a child to it to have professional support because they are traumatized so badly. Still practicing these things at home makes an enormous difference to their well-being and supports them significantly to heal what's been going on. Yeah. And how amazing that is as a parent to be able to do that for your child if you see that they've been traumatized. 
Yeah, and I, I think that is really underestimated also. And what I notice now, and that is really hard, is that people don't know about it. So they don't even expect that to happen at home. So one of the culprits of that was that I could heal my child so much <laughs> that other people didn't have a problem, you know, because there was it was only visible in his school performance, which was stagnating and he didn't want to learn and but other than that, he was a really happy child. And also because he had that aware parenting base. So he did, he already started off really balanced. So, you know, like to, for me, I saw how much trauma he had, but he was more like a regular kid without aware parenting than the definition of a traumatized kid, maybe to others. Although, I mean, he also had had those things. I mean, he had a lot of tantrums and a lot of, he had nightmares and that, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think it was it made it harder to see for others because I had those skills to help him, but that, that didn't mean that the impact that school had was was less. Or, mm. um, but I also see on the other hand what it gave him that I could help him, and that I see how other parents were struggling and they were having a really hard time finding the right help. Also, mm. finding help that can really see your child and really understand, yeah, understand your child and not stigmatize your child further and children were already sensitive to, to you know more sensitive because of the experience they had and I saw parents also struggle like what do we do you know what some parents even start to punish more start to be strict more strict uh, with their children instead of knowing what to do with this behavior knowing it's signal behavior and, and, and signs of feelings underneath or pent up stress or lack of autonomy or those kind of things and then dealing with it yeah wow powerful and have there been aspects of aware parenting that you found difficult and challenging to practice in your own family yeah for me the most what i found the most challenging is actually dealing with is the environment so the environment that i think for me the also this touches me talking about it like but after all the work you know all the work that i done and then dealing with with an environment that is uh, not understanding children and then creating this trauma created in my son you know and then dealing with this with his trauma and doing so much work for him and then being criminalized as a parent because in in Holland when your child is too often sick or your child is not going to school it's it's forbidden it's illegal unless you have an exemption from the state which of course we are in but that but otherwise you're criminalized as a parent and you are the one who who did it wrong basically and and when we speak about having those harsh judgments on yourself you can work so hard to you can so work so hard to to be compassionate towards yourself but when you're dealing with a system that is not one person it's person after person because the system is persons is people that do not understand that you put parents under so much stress. I've seen, I for me, even for me, with all the work I've done and with all the skills I have, it's it's incredibly hard. But I've seen parents go in burnout, uh, get physically sick. It's really crazy. And that has been the, the, the hardest part for me to keep believing and to keep being compassionate towards myself, even being under this enormous amount of stress. And not because of my child, you know, I can handle the tears. I can handle the, I can sit for two or three hours listening to him. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it's hard, but I can do the work. I can do the compassion inside myself. 
But then if there's others undermining that and keep undermining that, keep undermining your child and keep undermining you as a parent trying to help your child and you feel stress of that, then it's really hard to be a good parent. It's really, really hard to be or whatever is good, but to really to be an aware parent because it's, it's such a huge trigger when you're treated like a criminal. It's and basically I'm I'm saying like treated like a criminal, but that is that is the assumption. You know, you do something bad, you have to defend yourself, or that creates stress, and that is yeah, that's not helpful, not for any parents. I mean, I I see them one by one getting gray, like not just because the worries about their child, but because people are treating parents like they're criminals, and that is crazy when you try to stand up for your child, and it's crazy when you are an aware parenting instructor, and it's crazy when you do all this work. So I find it really hard to do under these circumstances to still keep aware parenting, mm. but I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm still, uh, I'm leveled it up and and seeing like, I learned a lot about what it is to do it under this kind of circumstances. And I also want to give that back to the to the community and do more something more with it. And I'm going to do something more with it also, but not just one thing I'm going to. <laughs> but and understanding also better what it is if you're if society doesn't support it, you know, if you uh, if you don't have the if you don't have the support in this, if you are really, really, really hard for you to find the space, yeah, to listen to your child. So the emotional space to do that because you're under so much pressure mm. from the other side. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a really stressful situation that you've been through, Chris, and it's hard for us. He's sitting here in Australia where homeschooling and natural learning is all recognized and accepted and, and welcomed. It's really hard to imagine just how stressful that would be. And I, I can't even imagine, actually, that in Holland, that was the country which was so liberal and free. And, you know, so <laughs> yes. now we're having a situation like that. But I also really, I really liked what you were saying about when we are facing significant stresses that are outside of our control and that are outside of our family often, but just big, big, stressful, pressured situations in our life, that impact that has on our capacity to parent and to be the parent, this type of parent that we want to be, it makes it so difficult when we're feeling so stressed. Because, I mean, just meeting our children's needs in our little nuclear families is hard enough on on its own. But when you add in that sort of additional external pressure, it makes it so hard. So, yeah, I really acknowledge that. Yeah, thank you. I see there's so much work to do, you know, like it's because a lot of people, they don't even realize the damage that they do. They don't even, they're not aware, you know, it's often very from their own viewpoint or their own state of mind. It's a bit naive, like if there's something with the child, it must be the parent or, you know, like it's just, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Just a little question. What do you do at home? You know, I'm like, I had, for example, I had in school, so one time um, she was uh, not a teacher, but she was not the director either, but something in between. And then we had, uh, you have conversations with that person. And I was having uh, several conversations every time. And she was very experienced and she was also very gentle with the children, but not fully. (laughs) And then, then there were these, I was listening to my son's tears, for example, when he had to go into class and she was like, you have to, you know, you have to let your child go and be, let them be more independent. You know, like it's me as a parent doing something wrong, you know, and I was a wear parenting instructor and psychologist also. So I had my university degree, like, what the heck, what are you doing? You know, you know, what is my job? And then you start like, 
moralizing me. I'm, I'm with my child sitting here in the struggle. He's crying. He's sitting on my lap. And you come here, you call this helping a parent, you know, like this is the system. And then you need to let him go. And I was like, mm-hmm. And then I listened to my son and I listened to his, his tears. And I sit there sometimes for one hour, you know, and I, I just sit there and, and I tried to find, sometimes find a quiet place so that we didn't disturb the classes or anything. But I took my time. I was like, I'm doing aware parenting, whether you like it or not. And then somebody coming up to you and just assuming that you are doing it wrong. And then I was like, those kind of things already, you know, it's these small things, it's lack of support. And then I would go to her later and I would say like, hey, do you know uh, Alita Salter? <laughs> Here's a good book on tears and tantrums because what you said is just not correct. You mm-hmm. know, like research shows that I would say it like that. And then she would like, oh, okay, thank you. And then not do anything with it. But I, I think that, or or yeah, your child has to learn to be independent. That, that That's very Dutch, you know, like uh, your child has to be learned to be independent and he cannot bring his teddy every time to school. And I was like, he was never attached to a teddy until he went to school, you know? <laughs> but the assumption that you as a parent, we know what is best for you. We're school, we know what is best for your child. We know what is best for you. And then I noticed that a lot of parents struggle with it. I always threw my titles in the in the conversation you know saying like hey and psychologist working with parents and then we're parenting instructor but I also felt it you know and I I know that a lot of parents they they feel like they cannot throw anything in the table and they feel like okay it's you who does something wrong with your child and it causes extra stress I mean if you look at that little moment that I was sitting there with my child I had all my skills like to be compassionate to myself and like to be compassionate to the woman and like think like okay it's her trauma. She doesn't know better or she never, she was not listened to as a child or, you know, I could do all those things. I could work, do my inner work. I could sit there, but it's stressful. It would be so helpful if somebody comes up to you and say like, Hey, can I help you? Or you're doing a great job. How mm-hmm. lovely that you take this time with your child, you know? Uh, it's just one example of a zillion where you're questioned, like mistrusted as, as a parent by the system. I think that, and that makes it really hard. Yeah. It's still so misunderstood. I just, you know, I just wish like once you see it, once you understand aware parenting and you just get, of course, it makes sense. Your children have feelings, of course, from the moment they're born and they have this powerful innate healing mechanism to be able to release and heal from those feelings that they have. And all we have to do as as adults is to listen. And as soon as you understand that, it seems so simple and so straightforward. And yet so many people just do not understand that basic, basic concept. And so you know, things are yeah. changing and aware parenting is growing like so much since, I mean, when I first started aware parenting 16 years ago, there there really were hardly anybody aware parenting in the world. And now there's lots, um, which is wonderful. Yeah. And I see this changing and it won't take that long till we're at a stage where, you know, most people in the world understand these, these basic things. But for now, it, it makes it really difficult when you're, especially when you're with professionals and experts who are there trying to tell you what the right thing is for your child. And you're like, well, hang on a minute, you're missing this really key central thing. It's- exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that makes it really hard sometimes to feel safe also as a parent and to, to flourish. So I know that you're doing amazing things to contribute to increasing the number of people who understand this approach and and are applying it in their families and sharing this more widely, both with families and with institutions. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what you what you offer, Chris? 
Yes, I do several things. I work uh, with parents and I work with professionals. I do, I guide parents one-on-one with their children. So one-on-one with one or two parents, whatever. I feel like I work mostly with parents. I don't work with the children. So that's another crazy thing that, that some professionals sometimes don't get, you know, like they said, I had like a boy and the school didn't believe me because I said like some things about the boy and the parents said, Chris said this and that. And they had to drag in, like, they had to hire a few more experts that saw the boy. And then after one year, and they had a meeting and then the school said, okay. (laughs) And it was, and they said like, yeah, Chris said that one year before, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you believe that? And that disbelief, that's also a thing that disbelief that if an expert doesn't see the child or that the parents, you cannot trust the parents, you know, like they cannot heal the child. They cannot do anything with the child. They don't. You need an expert to define the child or describe the child. It, it, it's it's so entrenched in our society. But anyhow, um, so but I'm teaching parents to have the tools and to trust themselves and to have the tools also to to heal uh, their children and to uh, understand their children better to make that bridge. Wow! Uh, How many web parenting families are there in Holland? How popular is it there? Oof, I don't know how many there are in total. Is it is it something that is fairly mainstream, or is it still something that is very much no a minority it's group? It's still a minority group. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's still a minority group. We're st- we're getting bigger, but attachment parenting is quite big. We have magazines for attachment parenting. I also wrote for those magazines uh, or natural parenting, you know, like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have festivals for more natural parenting, but where parenting is still small, but it is growing. So mm-hmm. because that's the other thing I do, and that's the academy, uh, the Aware Parenting Academy. And actually, since I started that, I'm now I just started the fifth round with the year program. And since I started it, many more people uh, started working with. We're almost at. 30 now, I think the people uh, yeah, that started working with Aware Parenting. So I think that that exponentially will grow over the coming years. We have now the Aware Parenting Institute Holland, uh, which I started with all the people who did the academy and the instructors that were, there were just two other instructors, but uh, so we were not so so big. Yeah. So I think that is really growing. And there's a few daycare centers that know about Aware Parenting, but it's not it's not so explosive i mean um and so how can people find out more about you where do you share your offerings i share my offerings at my own website that is chrismuller.nl and i have an english section as well so my website is in dutch mostly mainly but there's also a tab where you can in the menu you can select english and there's also awareparenting.nl and that's for aware parenting in Holland. And that's in Dutch. Yeah. And you share on but, social media as well? Oh, yes. On social media, I also share. I have to check my uh, Instagram, but I think it I'll was... Put it, uh, I'll put the link in the, in the show description. Yeah, it's, fine. it's yeah. my website, chrismiller.nl. Chris I wasn't sure if it's my name or my website. But yeah, it's my website, awesome. chrismiller.nl. Yeah. Great. And I always ask people if there was something that you would go back and say to yourself as a new parent, um, something that you've learned over the course of all these many years of, of knowing about aware parenting. And now, of course, the last nine years of being a mother yourself, 
what what would be something that you might say to yourself that would be love would have been lovely to know back at the beginning of the process there's two things maybe i was so trusting that i did that i that i i did many courses and things when i was pregnant but i didn't do a breastfeeding course so i had to i struggled after birth with that so that's i i did it for a long time but in the end but like oh wow okay this is a skill <laughs> <laughs> also because i was breastfed as a child i as a child i believed that there was that it was the most common thing to do and i thought that uh, bottle feeding was the minority which wasn't the minority at that time but yeah. i i always believed that almost all my life that breastfeeding was the majority and so i didn't took a course so i thought that oh that's something you do you know and i wish i had done that but i would really yeah recommend doing that and the other thing that I would really recommend parents is that to trust that feeling you have about your child, because what I did is actually I knew already a bit. Of, I saw Tiago, how he was in um, in groups. I was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but I wanted it to work with school at one point. I, I wanted it, but I would say the old adagum, trust your feelings and trust your mother instincts because... Sometimes, you know, we can also research and become aware. Are we in trauma? Like, for example, when we find it hard to listen to the tears, but in the end, trust, trust, because, you know. Yeah, I love that. So that's also uh, a lesson that I knew that I had to really learn, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, I love that. And I love that about aware parenting as well, that it really does recognize that we are the expert in our child, each one of us. And yes. each one of us is on our own unique journey with our own unique children in our own unique circumstances. But that we yes. we observe our children after trying some of these strategies with them and then we see how they are afterwards and then we decide whether it's it's the right thing to do for our for our family. And just that we can then trust our trust ourselves, trust our voice. Um, yes yeah, yeah that's really powerful great powerful and beautifully set yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for your time chris it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and i'll put those links into your website and yes i'm looking forward to connecting with you again another time thank you joss for having me and uh, it was really a pleasure too and i'm really uh, honored to be in your podcast and that you took the time and that you invited me i really enjoyed it it was really nice uh, ambience also to talk with you yeah really gentle atmosphere cool. aware parenting atmosphere yes well that's what aware <laughs> aware interviewing <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> yeah holding space and like yeah very gentle yeah thank you thank you so much chris take care thank you for joining me on aware parenting stories i hope you enjoyed this episode to find out more, please visit my website www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.